Welcome, welcome, welcome to Interesting Enough. He is Trey. I am Nolan. Thank you guys so much for joining us once again. This is your first time listening to the podcast. Thank you. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, all that good stuff. So check us out when you can. Trey, man, what's going on? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling great, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good, man. My Dolphins got to win Sunday. So, you know, that's always good. You know, we had to beat up on the Jets, show them what they're talking about. We got a big game next week with the Cowboys. So, I already know what the talk's going to be like. But I'm feeling good, man. The NFL season's coming down to the wire. So, we're going to talk about that, obviously. Actually, we'll, actually, we'll talk about that first. We're going to get into really when we wanted to do this podcast because we wanted to give a report. NBA quarter season report, Trey. I guess that's the best way we could call it. Just wanted to give things that we've been seeing throughout the NBA season, some surprises, some disappointments. So we'll get into that later on, so stay tuned for that. But let's talk about the NFL. We had a bunch of games going, so as we're recording this, the Monday night game is going to go on tonight, so that'll you know have some decisions. But a lot of stuff going around the league, a lot of games we can talk about, but I'm not even going to talk about the Dolphins, Trey, because you know, nobody's going to really care about what we do until we actually beat a good team. But I want to talk about your boy Lamar. You and I was watching Lamar last night. And, you know, first of all, Trey, Chris Collinsworth was beside himself talking about Lamar. I mean, he was beyond excited. Like, I, I nobody was more excited than Chris Collinsworth. But <laughs> I will say this. I've heard a lot of the MVP talk. I've heard a lot of the Brock Purdy talk. I've heard a lot of the Dak, even the Tua. What Lamar did last night and the way it did, it, it's kind of like we talk about Heisman moments. I feel like Lamar had an MVP moment. Just regardless of the stats, the the couple plays that he made, and everybody knows the plays, the the the, the running around the play to Isaiah likely had a couple of other similar plays. Is he the MVP front runner right now, Trey? Because like no. just based on what, how the Ravens are, no. And you know, he's not? I'm, I'm Lamar's biggest fan. But the reason I say he's not the front runner is just because statistically he just doesn't have the numbers that you would normally expect from an MVP candidate well from an MVP winner that's playing the quarterback position and I think unfortunately in this case you have another quarterback Brock Purdy who has those numbers and not, not only does he have the numbers his team is winning and he has the narrative behind him a guy who was Mr. Irrelevant now MVP of the league I think like you know we love the stories in sports like we all love those kind of stories that's how the MVP is normally chosen by somebody having an incredible story. Like in 2019, when Lamar won it, this was a guy that some teams were thinking that they should move to running back, a wide receiver, and now he won the MVP as a quarterback in the NFL. We bought into that story, hence he won it. Of course, his production helped, but the story helped as well. And I think Brock Purdy, I think he has a story, he has a production, and he has the winning record. So I think that his team – I mean, I think that he would probably win the MVP. Okay. So forget probably win the MVP. Would you vote for Brock Purdy? Yeah. Like I said, Lamar's numbers is just not. Oh, my not God. You would, no, no, no. You, Stop, you would no. not vote for Brock Purdy. Oh, how how are you going to vote for Brock Purdy? For, forget forget the story. I'm just saying you really, you're telling me you think he's the most valuable player in the NFL right now. That's yeah. my point. Yeah, the yeah, pause- yeah. No, 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 no. Hear me out. This is why it's okay. a while. I'm not saying he's the best player in the NFL. I'm not saying he's the best player in his position. But I think I can make a legitimate argument that he's the most valuable pl- player in the NFL. Please, please make the argument how Brock, Brock Purdy with an all-star team is the most valuable player in the NFL because – But like, see, that's not fair because I know what you're going to say he's an all-star team. I'm about to say he's the most valuable because do you see how his team looks when he's playing well and when he's able to perform? Do you see how 
the heights that he's able to take them to. Okay. I mean, did you Have see we, what he did to Dallas? Well, we've also seen that team perform very well with Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback in the regular season. But they ain't look like so, this. Don't, don't so do what's that. The they ain't look like this. Okay. Can I just say one thing? Of course, he's. I'm just. He's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. But the team that he's playing with is an all-star team that we've seen other quarterbacks be serviceable in. And if two is going to get arguments taken away from him when Tyreek Hill is not there, then what did Brock Purdy look like when Debo Samuel was hurt and Christian McCaffrey was hurt? They lost games. Yeah, he didn't look great. I'll be the first to admit that. So so that's what I'm saying. There's no way he can be the most valuable player in the NFL when Lamar Jackson has talent, but not nearly the amount of talent that Brock Purdy does. And just let's do the eye test. Look at Lamar when you're watching the games, the type of spectacular plays he's making when plays are breaking down, and he's got to be the one that determines if this play works or not. Lamar is Purdy. a much better player, but statistically, like I'm saying, let me put it this way. Brock Purdy looks good enough on the field, well, of course, when he has that talent around him, that the edge between him and Lamar is not that great. But when you look at statistics, it's hard to really argue against Brock at this point. Okay, Let's, there's a couple arguments, right? You have the narrative argument, well, like you said. You've got the statistics argument, even if Brock Purdy's numbers are better. I hate to be the guy that's taking it away from a guy just because he's playing with talent, because that's not his fault, but we can't ignore that that's such a huge help, considering the fact that the only other time we've seen him not be with the entire full like repertoire of talent, he didn't perform well. The only time we saw it, he didn't perform well. So... I'm watching him throw the wide open receivers all day, and I'm watching Lamar Jackson make guys miss and and avoid sacks and and making plays. So, the eye test is telling me this guy is doing less. Excuse me, this guy is doing more with less, and he's more valuable because if you take and it's the age old argument, if you take Brock Purdy off of the 49ers and you put another quarterback in there, obviously they got to be a serviceable quarterback. I'll give you an example: their backup Sam Darnold. You're telling me. You're telling me they're not producing to a similar level, maybe not the exact same level. I, about to say, I don't think they're to the same level. I think okay, Sam Darnold. When, when Lamar Jimmy Jackson Garoppolo comes level. out of the, but when Lamar Jackson comes out of the game, we saw Tyler Huntley not perform. Hey, listen. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, well, how can this, how can Brock Purdy be? You know, I look. Even Dak Prescott had a bad game last week. I would still take Bra- Dak Prescott over Brock Purdy as the MVP of the league from what he's doing with that Dallas offense. I just don't think, honestly. I can make the the McCaffrey argument for being an MVP over Brock Purdy. That and that's the point. If I can like strip away your argument and strip away votes, like I can strip away votes from Tua to give it to Tyreek Hill, you can give the MVP to two other guys on the 49ers team over Brock Purdy. You can't do that for Lamar Jackson. So he has to be the MVP front runner. I, I just don't see how we're going from a guy that we were talking about almost being benched earlier in the year to a guy that's now all of a sudden gonna be the MVP of the league. And and maybe it's just because of this is a year. Do you? Do you I was gonna say I should, maybe I should just ask it. Is this also just a product of a year? Because this feels like a year that the race is a little bit more wide open than it used to be. Yeah, because you don't have that years. one player that's just really you don't have that Peyton Manning, that Tom Brady, that Patrick Mahomes that's just setting the league on fire, and it's right. a foregone conclusion who's going to win. So you're right, right; it is a more open race because of that. So like, even the Tyreek Hill, had he not got hurt, I think he had a compelling argument to be the NFL MVP. The only reason I think is between Brock and Lamar is just the fact that I think I don't think anybody other than the quarterback position is winning. Look, and you're right. He probably missed that game and it probably hurt him. But if he goes off and he goes for 2,000 yards in the last couple of games, he, I mean, and the Dolphins get a one seed or something like that, especially if they end up beating the Cowboys and like these teams and he has big games, 
you talk about that narrative being matter. Let him go for 200 yards against the Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? Like, wherever. Yeah, but the Cowboys are kind of slowed down a little bit these last couple of weeks, so it's not play around. They are, but they also do have the guy who leads the NFL in interceptions. They so, do. you know, so, and they got Micah Parsons, and they still, like, we're not going to have that they're a bad team. I mean, well, speaking of that, let's let's talk about them because what's the, what? because we always talk about the Cowboys every week like everyone else does. I'm looking at the Cowboys, and you just tell me what you think about this. I'm looking at the Cowboys as a little bit of an aberration. I think I've always thought the same thing about them. They play really great at home. They haven't won anything big at the – they honestly are the same – you know what's funny, Trey? They're in the same boat as the Dolphins, if you think about it. They're both teams that performed well against not-so-good teams. They're both teams that have performed very well at home, and they're both teams that really haven't proven they can be anybody really, really good. You know, outside of the Cowboys, done it one time with the Eagles. But other than that, that's it. They're essentially teams that are on a similar playing field. So, and they both got beat by the Buffalo Bills, right? By the way, we should just put that out there, too. They both got, they're behind beat by the Buffalo Bills. So, I'm not going to say the Cowboys aren't a, a really good team. I just think they ran into a buzzsaw, and I just think they're not the the top contender. And I don't, I don't think they're on the same level of the 49ers, you know, especially in the NFC. But what, what say you? So I, I do, I kind of agree with your sentiment. I do believe that they're an aberration. Um, at the beginning of the year, I knew they were just beating up on bad teams. So I was kind of kind of curious to see what they look like when they play better teams. But I think the other issue is I just don't see that one thing that really puts them over the top. I know I know they have a great defense, but I can say the same thing for the Browns. They have do a, they great, have a defense. great defense. Well, Good. I, I mean, they great. got red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Maybe I shouldn't say great, but they have a good defense. But I can say the same thing about the Ravens, the Browns, the Jets. I just didn't see anything on the offensive end. They don't have Ezekiel Elliott in his prime anymore. Dak Prescott, he's a good quarterback. But again, this is going to sound stupid just because of the argument I made. But he's a lot closer to Brock Purdy than he is to Lamar Patrick or Josh Allen. They don't have yeah, any great yeah. wideouts that are going to you know kill you over the top. I like C.D. Lamb, but he's not necessarily a game changer so i just i felt like when it became for lack of a better term nut crunching time they just didn't have enough to actually get the job done well i disagree about the cd lamb thing see i'm not that crazy about him i think he's okay i think he's a good serviceable wide receiver but i don't think he's a game changer well he's definitely elite i mean he's like third in the league in receiving yards i mean he is definitely but who else do they have i mean this i mean he's not a top five receiver no, no, I'm just saying who else do the Cowboys have like, as a target. But I see what you're saying, yeah. No, no, no. Okay, I mean, yeah, we could do that argument, too. I mean, well, Brandon Cooks is good. I mean, look, he's, he's been a pretty good receiver. He's 1,000 yards every year, so I'm not going to say he's not good. But regardless, I, I get I get your point. They do miss Ezekiel Elliott because the Tony Pollard thing, I thought, I thought I think they thought that he was going to take the reins, and they just haven't been able to run the ball effectively consistently in, in games. So that's going to be the problem with the Cowboys. But I'm interested to see what they do because the Dolphins – it's put up or shut up time, right? They haven't locked up the division. The Bills have a weak schedule the last couple games, and we got to play the Cowboys. Then we got to play Baltimore and your boy Lamar. And then you, you know what I mean? And then Buffalo. So, you know, you really got to probably win two out of the three. Like, if we being real, because Buffalo may just win out with the rest of their schedule, what they've got going on. And Buffalo is going to be playing hard because they're playing for their lives. They're playing for their lives, too. But they could even mess around and get this division if the Dolphins don't tighten up. So, I mean, we we got to see how that happens there. But for the most part, I mean, most of these, most of the, the, I would say most of the divisions are locked up for the most part. The interesting thing I wanted to bring up, though, Trey, are we worried about Jacksonville? And, 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 
and I'm not even. Let me let me preface it. I'm not even just talking about this year for the division because right now, as everyone knows, or if you didn't know, there's a three-way tie in that division. So you got Jacksonville, the Colts with a backup quarterback in Minshew Mania, and then you got the Houston Texans who won without C.J. Stroud with another backup quarterback. Three-way tie. So this division can go really anywhere. I'm starting to get a little worried about Trevor Lawrence, and here's what I here's why I say that. Look. He's been banged up. He's been injured, Trey. So I'm going to be real. I'm going I'm to keep that. We we were just talking about that about Jalen Hurts before we got on the podcast. We got to be fair when it's fair, right? He's been banged up. He was out without his best weapon, Christian Kirk. You know, some inconsistent offensive line play. There's some things that's working against him. I think I find myself wanting more from Trevor Lawrence considering how much we talked about him coming out as a generational prospect. No, do the we. Peyton Manning. Okay, okay, all right. Me and everyone else. A Peyton Manning, a Andrew Luck type graded prospect. He was the highest graded prospect since those guys. And although he performs that way sometimes, week to week, sometimes I find myself questioning certain throws or questioning why he doesn't rise to the moment on certain occasions, similar to Justin Herbert, in the same way where these guys are both equally as talented. But they're sometimes just coming up short. And I'm not sure what's missing. I'm not saying something's necessarily wrong with the guy. I'm not saying that he's not a franchise quarterback. But he is because he is. But something just feels off. I just can't put my finger on it. No, I've always agreed with that. Um, I think the excitement around Trevor Lawrence was in a large part just due because of his physical traits. You know, he's a 6'5", 6'6", quarterback, has a super strong arm. You know, he's not the slightest of build, so like he can possibly take a hard tackle. I think he's fast; he can run. Yeah, all fast, I mean, everything more mobile than anything. I think when you really look at him on a on a sheet of paper, they look at his statistics. You're like, oh man, this is the quarterback of my, my dream. Like, I he came; he was made out of a lap. But when you see him try to put it together, just some of his in game decision making, like some of the throws he makes. Some of the throws he doesn't make, even for having such a strong arm. I remember, like, last night I was watching him. And I think he's one of the few quarterbacks in the league where I'm, like, 20 or 30% of the time, it looks like he's just throwing the ball into the ground. Like, he never even hits the receiver's hands or gets anywhere near them. And I'm talking about these are like, on, like, 10-yard out routes. Like, nothing complicated. So, I don't know if it's fundamentals necessarily, but there's something missing in his game where it doesn't seem like, he doesn't quite make the right decisions, and then he doesn't, in my opinion, he doesn't make the easy passes enough. Like, he seems to struggle sometimes on those easy passes, and it's not even just reading them, but it's actually making that simple throw. Yeah, you find yourself, like, in games, he makes a couple of spectacular plays, and then he just misses a couple of layups, like you said. You know what I mean? Like, just a couple of plays where you're like, what happened there? Or, I'm not going to compare him to Zach Wilson, but, you know, I'm watching the game. <laughs> I know, it's a bad way to start, but... I'm watching the game, and what was it in the second quarter when he ran there and then he just kind of fumbled the ball? You remember what I'm talking about? And I'm just yeah. kind of like, what happened there? But he has like, a lot of fumbles, I just, too. I, well, I, I just never – and I don't even want to be, like, comparing him to, like, Mahomes. But, like, I just never see Mahomes make a play like that. Like, I just don't see, like – I will say I do see Josh Allen making a play like that because Josh Allen's just turnover prone, but I don't see Jalen Hurts making a play like that. I don't see Joe Burrow making a play like that. It's just, I don't know. It's just something just doesn't feel absolutely right. Now, again, 
It's a good problem to have because I, th- I do I do think he'll end up being a great quarterback. I'm sure some of these things could be corrected. Maybe maybe we're just I'm expecting too much too early. Maybe it's a guy that's a late bloomer. But I'm just not seeing enough where I would hope so at this point. I, I guess that's the ultimate problem. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on that with Trevor Lawrence going forward. But anyway, but let, let's get to the NBA. Let's get to the NBA. We can talk about the NFL. We got a couple weeks left, but so we got a lot that we're going to get into going forward. But we got to talk about the quarter season in the NBA because we haven't really dug deep, Trey. I haven't really dug too deep. And we're, we're going to get JP and, and Jesse on to d- d- dive deeper, even further along the season as the season goes. But there's been some things that's been happening. And we wanted to address it. We kind of jotted down Trey and I just to list some things that have been some surprises, some disappointments overall for the season. Things that maybe you didn't expect or you did. Trey, you you go first. Just give me whatever. Yeah. I don't care as a player, a team. You 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 take the reins. Give me give me something that surprised you so, so far in the season. So originally, I think right now, a- by the way, by the way, just want to tell the viewers before you go. We wanted to wait till we have a decent enough sample size. That's where every team's about 20, 25 games in. We didn't want to wait till it's five or 10 games in. This is a decent enough where we can make some conclusions. So sorry about that. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. So again, like you said, um, we had talked about this a little bit off the pot. And originally it was just a player that I had in mind. But since you said you might mention a team, I'm going to tie this player into the team as well. And the player is Draymond Green and the team is the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So wait, you're you surprised? Or you're disappointed? disappointment. Oh, okay. Let me, yeah, let me. Okay. Well, yeah, that's fine. I mean, you, there's, I guess you're surprised at that how disappointing they've been. <laughs> so, whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, they're my disappointment. And I think to me, it's just, I guess I go back to this same old topic where it's like, Draymond, you, you've been in the league for over a decade now. Like, you know how this works. You know how far you can take it and how far you can't. And it just seems like every single game he's, really towing that line and in every other game he's going over the line and you're hurting your team by doing that like you're not on the court clay thompson you know he definitely needs a facilitator because again he really couldn't dribble before the injuries but now he definitely can't dribble to get by get past somebody so you need draymond out there setting screens and making passes for everybody else steph curry is looking lost out there without you guys all being there he's starting to get frustrated steve Kerr doesn't look like he has any answers so it stems for Draymond Green, but the bigger issue is just the Golden State Warriors. And I think that their dynasty window has closed. And I think that, you know, I'm not one to really necessarily say that you should blow the team up, but I just don't see how they can become a championship team again. So hot take here, but I don't think it's – I think this summer they should at least ask Steph, if he wants to stay there or if he wants to be traded. Hell no. Okay. no, no, no. All right. I know the answer right. to it, but All I'm right. just saying because I don't know another way that they get this back on track. Okay, well, I, I, listen, I was with you with just about everything you said to the step thing. And here's – you. first of all, the step thing is never going to happen. No, it's not. It's not. He's it's not, not. It's not. Okay, yeah, we can agree on that. He's not – he doesn't want to go anywhere. He wants to retire as, as a Golden State Warrior. That, that's done. He's already won championships. There's no need to move now. You don't need a ring chase. You're good. You've already got four rings. Second – I agree. The Draymond thing. It is them, it, you know, the Warriors issues. A lot of it is Draymond. But I want to be real, Trey. A lot of it is the roster construction. They tried to do almost the impossible, which is rebuild a team while being in the championship window. We've essentially almost never seen that happen. And we see the Wiseman thing didn't work out. They got Moses Moody. 
um, James or not James Wiseman, um, Kaminga, Kaminga, Moody. These guys are pre- pretty good players, but they can't get enough run where they can play through mistakes because they're on a winning team that's trying to maximize their championship window while they have older guys like Clay and Curry aging in, in front of us. Or specifically, Clay, I think Steph's probably still a probably at peak powers at this point, but specifically Draymond and Clay are not the same players because of injuries and age. And, your and then the Andrew Wiggins. And then, yeah, I was going to say, and then the Andrew Wiggins piece, who isn't necessarily as old as those guys, obviously. He's still a you know, relatively younger guy, but came to camp out of shape. He hasn't really played well in a couple, in about a season or so since the championship run. And that was supposed to be that piece. So, and then on top of that, the, the thing that we actually wasn't sure about is the thing that's actually working the best is actually the Chris Paul thing. They've actually been able to be decent because they have Chris Paul and he's able to run that second unit and he's been able to fit in seamlessly and kind of make some of those guys look better than what they've been playing with um, at the entire time and those young guys in, in Moody and Kaminga. But at the end of the day, they got Chris Paul, to, we know, to flip that contract. So they got Jordan Poole off the books, as we know. <laughs> Everybody's seen the internet, okay? They, they, they're all right. They, they're not hurting not having Jordan Poole. But they've got some issues. Now, here's the only reason I'm going to say that I'm not ready to close their championship window. I don't see the West as just this dominating thing where, like, no team can be beat in a seven-game series. Like, there's not one dominating team. Now, maybe you can name Denver, but I can't say for certainty that they're just like an absolute juggernaut and nobody has a chance. So the Warriors still have a chance if they get if they right the ship, get Draymond back. Clay has been playing better as of the last couple of games. If they these guys stay healthy, maybe they can make a move at the deadline and then we could look at them differently. But I'm not officially willing to just say they've done too much for me to say that the thing is completely closed because there's no juggernaut in the West. That, 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 that's what I'm thinking about the Warriors. But I had the words as a disappointment. I want to name a different disappointment. Okay. I, and I'm not going to do the low-hanging fruit, Jordan Poole. I mean, that's kind of what is what it is. I'm going to do two. I'm gonna, you know what? I got two options, but try the, the Pistons. Ooh. I mean, look, look, listen, listen, listen. We, we didn't, nobody thought the Pistons were going to make the playoffs this year. No, no one thought that. But Trey, you, you can't have two wins. You can't have two wins out of 26 games. You can't have an over 20-game losing streak in the NBA season. That, that's impossible. Trey, we talked on this podcast. I think it was me, maybe more than you, how much I really liked Cade Cunningham and how I thought he was going to be a breakout player and maybe even a breakout all-star in the East. I told you to be careful with that because I said, listen, I remember telling yeah. you, I said Cade does not have athleticism. And in today's league, if you're going to play in the wing, you have to have at least a little bit of it. But, I, okay, well, to be fair, you're not wrong, but we can't – I mean, the Pistons have a whole heap of problems. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's still better than yeah, what he yeah, looks yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he ain't really the main problem. He still averaged a 20 and 7. I mean, he ain't like – you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's just tough that you're that bad of a team. And, and you know, for people that are listening to this, you know, do this exercise. Trey and I did this exercise, what, a couple days ago? And we kind of were like, hey, who would you want – from the Pistons on your team, like forget contracts, forget like whatever. You're just like, hey, I like, I kind of like that player on their team. Trey and I was basically looking at each other in the face, and we didn't have answers. I mean, it was that bad when you look at their roster. Like, it's really not anybody outside of probably Cade because he's young enough and still pretty talented. You said maybe Isaiah Stewart, but that's still a maybe. You know what I mean? So it's tough if you're the Pistons, and there's just no excuse for you to be that bad. However, Trey, on the bright side, can I just flip it 
And one guy that I actually have been very pleasantly surprised by, and you know I've been talking about him since day one, I love Misa Sir Thompson. I love Misa Sir Thompson. So that's the twin that got drafted, number five overall. Listen, he's not shooting well from the field. He wasn't a shooter coming out of college. He's shooting like 15% from three. Okay, it's, it's bad. It's, it's horrible. But, Trey, I think he's going to be all defensive in his first year. I mean, he is that good. He is that good defensively. I think they got a really, really, really good player that he's going to be there for a long time. And if you compare him with Cade on the wing, you got, look, I know you said Cade's not that athletic, but you got a guy that is athletic and could guard the other team's best player. And if nothing else, even if he's not going to be a 20-point scorer, at least you got a solid role player. So I like a Sir Thompson. He's one of my favorite rookies in the league outside of, you know, everybody knows my favorite rookie if you know I'm a Heat fan. But I like a Sir Thompson. So that's that's one of my surprises. But anybody else standing out to you? Or do you maybe you can go to, if you want to go to different disappointment or you can go to different surprise. No, I think uh, one surprise out that's standing out to me, and this is a uh, it changed midway through the season because it started out with disappointment, but uh, it's a surprise now and a happy surprise. The Clippers are playing really well as of late, and I wasn't mm. sure what a James Harden deal was going to do to them because uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook they don't seem like they would be able to play that well together now in this stage of their career, and they didn't. But oh, really? Like, I wonder what gave us that idea. Oh, wait, <laughs> that's right, because they try to end the prime of their career. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 they did, and it, at least it looked a little bit better than. But in this case, Oh, you case, mean when Westbrook West... was playing center? Listen, the way he shoots sometimes, <laughs> he needs to. <laughs> but they made it work, just bringing Westbrook off the bench. Kawhi, um, he's picked up his um, game. You know, I was kind of critical of Kawhi early on, but you were telling me to relax. You were like, hey, just early in the season. And sure enough, mm-hmm. he's picked up his game. Paul George is doing what he's always done. So I'm really happy with what I see with the Clippers. I'm not saying that they're favorites to win the West or anything, but um, they do look like they have a legitimate chance to compete with any other team out there. I agree with your Clippers take. Here's what I will say, though. And we got to be fair. We know the, we know what the ultimate thing is going to be with the Clippers. It's all just health. That's it. I mean, it, we've been talking about this for years, Trey. We we if they go if they come into a seven game series with the forget how it looks. If you go into a seven game series with James Harden, Westbrook, Kawhi, and Paul George, who else is coming out with a better four than that? You know what I'm saying? Nobody. Just like just on the court, just showing up on a court like that. You know what I mean? So if they stay healthy, I mean that's gonna be the ultimate thing. So we got to I'm really hoping, and and I know you're hoping too, just as a basketball fan, that they stay healthy so we can get good series. So. I really hope the Clippers stay healthy. I think they got to figure out the situation with the minutes still, but I think Westbrook coming off the bench was huge for him. And if James Harden could run that point guard and just be the facilitator and let Kawhi and Paul George do what they do because they've been getting buckets, they're going to be a tough out. They're going to be a tough out for teams like Phoenix, who, I mean, they can't even catch a break. Bradley Bill got hurt again. And, you know, even teams like, you know, I, I mean, I think Dallas pretty good. I think, um, you know, the Lakers, of course. But let me go to the, the real surprise, Trey. We got to talk about Minnesota. Got to talk about the Timberwolves. I mean, <laughs> number one in the West, 19-5. and five, We got on this podcast and, like, everybody in sports media, we went crazy about the Gobert trade. And, again, this to this day, the Gobert trade, what they gave up is still astronomical. However, Gobert's looking like old Rudy Gobert with the defensive player of the year. Carl Anthony Towns does not have the pressure of having to be the best player. And it looks like he's finally accepting that. 
And if he wasn't accepting being the best player, I got news for him, Trey. It wasn't going to matter because Ant Edwards was going to take that joint anyway. He's the best player on that team. He's one of the best players in the league, and he's become the alpha of that team. And I think that's what they needed because I don't think Cat or Rudy Gobert is that guy. He's the guy that's got to get the ball in the big situations, and he's taking the onus to defend on the other end, which I think is spreading to the entire team, even, dare I say, Carl Anthony Towns. And that team isn't going to win a championship this year. But, man, if you got to see that team in the conference semifinals, that is going to be a tough, tough, tough out because they play a clunky lineup with those bigs that you don't really have to see the rest of the season against any other team except them. So, Minnesota, you gotta you got to watch out for them. Yeah, um, I just want to add that uh, I really thought that they had made a tragic mistake with that Gobert trade. But listen, this year, at this point, it's working out phenomenally. I mean, one of the things that we always said about Carl Anthony Towns is that he doesn't play a licky defense. But with Rudy on his team, you know, he kind of makes up for that. And then Rudy, his shortcoming is uh, being able to score the basketball. But uh, with Carl Anthony Towns and with um, Anthony Edwards, his main thing on the court is not to be scoring. Like, he can just focus on playing defense. They can throw him an alley-oop every now and then, and he can get a rebound and go back up. And so far, mm-hmm. it's working phenomenally. So, like, I'm really happy with uh, Minnesota. I don't think that they're going to win a championship. And when you trade everything that you did for Rudy, I think that's the idea that you're thinking that's a trade that's going to help put you over the top into winning a championship. And I don't think they're going to do that, but – uh as far as Minnesota's concerned, they haven't been a real competitor in the league for like the last 15 years since KG left. So I think as far as they're concerned, you know, this is a win-win for them. And just the last thing on Minnesota, Trey, we got to be honest in the West. They have a big that can give Jokic and AD, which is the, those are the bigs you're going to have to go through, some issues. Yeah. Right? Like that's, that, that's going to be the thing. And even last year in the playoffs, I know the, what, what was it, a five-game series when they played Minnesota? Gobert gave Jokic some problems. He gave he gave Jokic some problems. Obviously, Jokic is Jokic. He's going to get his. But you can't be going over there. Even we talked about when Bam was over there. You can't with an undersized center against Jokic. He's going to go to work. So, you know, you at least have a formidable big. Carl Anthony Towns is a big. Even though he's not going to guard, he can make Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, he can make Jokic have to guard on the perimeter. I like Nas Reed off the bench. I mean, they got a squad. Mike Conley, I mean, they got a squad. I mean, Minnesota, I don't know if they're going to finish in the, in the first, you know, in the number one seed or anything like that, but they're a team that's going to have to be dealt with in the playoffs, and I think they're at least going to want a playoff series for sure. So that will be huge for them. But, Trey, give us, give us another surprise. Give us another surprise or disappointment you got. I think the, uh, the other surprise is going to give us – it's going to sound funny that I'm giving the surprise because it's kind of underhanded, but uh, I kind of have to give it to Anthony Davis. Uh, at this point in the year, I really thought he was going to be hurt. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because he's always hurt. And I thought he might be playing underwhelming. But, um, no, he's been playing really great. And uh, he's helped the Lakers be middle of the pack. Um, I'm not going to go as far as to say he's an MVP candidate. But I would say, like, at least probably every other night, he's playing MVP caliber basketball. And for this Lakers team, that's all you can ask for. And the reason I have to give him that big surprise is because not just because it's surprising in itself, but also because I think with him playing at this level, he can make them a true championship contender. Not saying they're the favorites to win it, but they're a contender. So I think that he would be my second biggest surprise in a positive light. Yeah, and the biggest surprise, he's only missed two games. I mean, he's only missed two games all season. So, I mean, 
if you're the Lakers, I mean, you're ecstatic. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he's played well. He's leading the league in rebounding. He's probably another defensive player of the year candidate. I mean, we talked about it for the the end season tournament, right? He just dominated that that end season tournament, especially that that championship game. I mean, that championship I mean, he game, did. he looked like he was like you could make an argument that he's the best player in the world. Yeah, I mean, he made Miles Turner look like Miles Turner ain't a good player. <laughs> like, I mean, for real. Like, no, for he real. did. Like, he Miles did. Turner is a good player, and like he made Miles Turner like he shouldn't even be out there. You can't so, tell though. That, 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 I, I like night. I like that pick a lot. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the pick you should have picked. I know you probably didn't pick it for the homer, but that, that the the magic. Yeah, I can't do that. The, yeah, I know you couldn't do it. I'm gonna just give y'all insight. For y'all that don't know Trey well, like I know Trey, he's not gonna pick them because he's gonna be skeptical. You, I know, I know you're gonna be skeptical of the magic star. I know inside, I know you happy. We ain't did nothing in ten years. I'm happy, but we ain't did nothing in ten years. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm relaxing. Like that. I'm not saying this is like the hurricanes. I'm just keeping my mouth shut. Yeah, you just you don't you just want to like let let the good times keep rolling, not say nothing, not bring attention to it. But I like the magic. You know how much I love Paolo, and I'm glad he didn't get hurt too. You know, I'm glad he was able to come back after that ankle roll. But I like what the magic are doing, man. I like what the magic are doing, and the magic are the new Grizzlies because the Grizzlies are so far out of it. But they, you know what? They're not. They're not as annoying as the Grizzlies, as the old Grizzlies. Okay, so the magic are what the Grizzlies should have been. So I, I'm glad for the magic. You know hometown you know the home the home state per se so i'm glad for the magic doing work as well too but it's a lot it's a lot to be excited about for the year so we, we're not we're not gonna do mvp picks we're not gonna do any of that stuff going on so there's a lot of things we want to get into for sure but i do want to say it's been an exciting year trey it's been an exciting year we got the christmas day games coming up we had the end season tournament how are you feeling about you know the parody of the league because i was thinking about this the other day too you know, this doesn't feel like a couple years ago where you thought a couple teams could win it. I'm looking at the East and the West, and I can pick probably three or four teams on each side that got a chance to win it. I'm, I'm loving the parity of the league. Now, one thing I will say is that I don't want every year, like let's say for the next five years, I guess I really don't want parity every single year because I do like seeing like a dynasty rise up out of nowhere. Like, for instance, Golden State or San Antonio. Like, I do want to see that team that, everybody has to kind of dethrone. So I do want that to happen. But for a one-off year, for maybe one or two years, yeah, I love this kind of parody. And last thing, Trey, before we get out of here, can you give us, what's your feelings on the game ball situation? What's, what's, what's going man, on? Man, that's just a nun. Like, first of all, hey, we, man, I, I y'all just acted like a baby. I could not say it. Like, he was acting like a, a baby that I would be scared of, like a seven-foot terrifying baby. That's a big baby. But yeah, but I'm like, bro, a game ball, like, you know you're not gonna have this game ball in next year. Like you, you're not even gonna know where you put it, and you care that much. Like I you just know what understand it, is, it. You know it is. He ain't really care that much about the game ball. He just cared that they tried to take the game ball. Like it was like a principal thing. That's what he felt. Like. And I feel that, but I kind of I think I just laughed it off. I guess is what I'm saying. Like because I'm like, bro, you look unhinged. Like you, and then why are you yelling at Tyrese? Tyrese looking like what I did. <laughs> Well, he's the leader of the team. That's what you, you got to take it. But to be fair, Trey, this wasn't really talked about too much. But don't forget, that game was already chippy. It was. The game was already chippy. Don't forget before that. Remember, they just played in the in-season tournament where that game kind of got down to the wire too. So them teams have been having friction in the past like week and a half to two weeks. So I don't think that happens if it was another team. You know what I'm saying? You just happen to play that team a lot. It got chippy. You know how it is. You know, Bobby Portis is like lighter fluid anyway. So, you know, when he come, you already know what time that is. So, I think just think there was a lot of time going on, and I felt like they was being petty. 
And the Pacers were being petty by taking the game ball. They knew what they was doing. They was being petty by taking the game ball. They tried to act like they was taking it. And they took the game ball, and he called it bluff. He was like, nah, y'all not just about to be petty. So I think it was a principal thing why he got that upset. But like you said, that being said, you got to relax, brother. You got to relax. You got to relax. It's okay you didn't get a game ball. It's all good. You're probably going to be hoisting the trophy anyway at the end of the year. So he'll be fine. But like the NBA, they sell drama. So I can't wait till them two teams play again. It's probably going to be much to do with nothing. But look, we can get a rivalry in the league. We'll take it. Hey, man, listen, I'll take it. Listen, that was some real drama. Like Giannis was not faking it. Yeah, he was not faking it. Burner Boy had to hold hold his brother back and everything. It was crazy. <laughs> hey, not Burner Boy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to thank everybody so much for joining us once again. Again, we're on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. You guys always showing us support, so we're going to drop content for you. We got Christmas. We didn't forget about that. The holidays, we got a draft coming up for you guys later in the week, so stay tuned for that as well. And, of course, I will swing it to Trey. Hey, man, again, like you said, uh, just to reiterate, thank you so much for joining us today. We really do appreciate that. We do have something special coming for Christmas. Uh, make sure to tune in for that. But until then, peace.